God has laid it on my heart. Um, and I'll probably cry through the whole thing. <laughs> probably for over a year to do this, and it's very different. I'm used to teaching teenagers, so um, I'm a little nervous. But, okay. So, first I'm going to pray, if y'all don't care. Lord, we just thank you for tonight, God, and the opportunity to just speak your word, God, and just who you are. I just ask you, Lord, to calm my nerves. Let me just say and do this the way that you would have me to do it. Lord, I know you've opened this door, and I just, whoever needs to hear this, God, I just ask you to just soften their heart. Let them be able to receive this tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For you guys who don't know me, um, my name is Sarah. Uh, my husband, Jimmy, and I have been coming here uh, probably five years. Um, we started coming and um, probably about a year or two into us attending here, we decided that we were going to believe that God would give us a family. And it was... Um, it started off and we were very excited. I mean, we were wanting to start this new chapter in our life and we knew that God wanted us to be parents. It was something that we talked about before we even got married. Um, we just knew that God wanted that to be part of our walk. And so when we decided to start trying, um, like a few months turned into half of a year, turned into a year, turned into two years, and it was tough. It was really tough. I had never had my faith tested in such short amounts so often because every month I would just pray and believe, God, I know this is the month. This is when it's going to happen. I know you've got this. And it wouldn't happen. And after about two years of trying, um, my husband graduated from the State Police Academy and we moved four hours away to King George and so it was just me and him and we were just kind of really devastated that we didn't have our church family with us to support us anymore and it was just us and so we were all by ourselves um, and God really used that time to um, do a work in us in our marriage and we were able to like grow so much closer together even every month it was just a struggle it was the same thing over and over and over and I was like okay God I know that this is going to happen I know that I have faith for this and it's like every month like it just got chipped away a little by little and finally I was just like okay enough's enough and so I was getting out my Bible, and I was like, okay, God, what, what scripture do you want me to stand on? What do you want me to believe in? And I found a scripture in Exodus 23, 26 that says, there will be no miscarriages or infertility in your land, and I will give you long, full lives. And my heart just left. And I was like, God, that's right. I know. And for me, I was like, okay, God, I'm going to have enough faith. You said there will be no miscarriages or infertility in my land. So my faith is going to be so big and so strong that it's not going to be just for me. The lady that lives three houses down that's going through the same thing as me, 
because of me and my faith in this scripture, it's going to be for her too. And I just knew, like, that was it. And I prayed it every day. And I stood on it, and I believed it. And, and it still took another six months. And then in April of 2018, um, it still hadn't happened. She's like, okay, God, you're just going to have to tell us what to do. So we went to a fertility specialist in Fredericksburg. And um, when we got there, um, of course they did all kinds of tests on me and all kinds of tests on Jimmy. And um, about a week later, they called and said, hey, you know, something has come back on one of your tests. We want you to come in and we'll talk about it. And so I went in and they said that I had a septum on my uterus, which is basically just an extra layer that was separating my uterus. And if I did have a fertilized egg, it didn't have anywhere to implant. So I could have been getting pregnant all along and I just didn't know it. I wasn't able to stay pregnant. And so I was like, okay, God, yes, this is our answer. I'm so excited. We're just going to go in, and you're going to give the doctors wisdom, and they're going to take care of this, and we're going to get pregnant. Amen. Well, we went in, and um, they said that I would have to have surgery, um, and it was like all this crazy stuff. And, of course, my heart was just really heavy, and I didn't know what to do, and I kept praying about it. And so um, at the end of April, on April 30th, it was time for me to take a test, only like the 60th test I'd ever taken. So I was like praying that morning. I was like, okay, God, today's the day. Today's the day. I'm going to see two lines. I'm going to see two lines. And I did. I saw two lines. And there was so much rejoicing and so much happiness. And we were just thrilled. We couldn't believe it. God had finally answered our prayer. And, of course, we celebrated, we told our parents, we told close friends. Um, we just knew, like, this was it. God had answered our prayer. And I kept believing on that word. Okay, God, your word also says there will be no miscarriages or infertility in your land. That's it. And I was remind God reminded me, before we even left for King George, Patrick had said that he saw me holding a little baby boy with blonde hair and blue eyes. A year before we, we left, Sierra prayed over me and she said, I see you carrying your babies full term. I see you having a family. And brought all that back to my memory. And I was so excited. I was like, yes, God, here's my testimony. I'll be able to help other people who have been through this. I can encourage them. This is it. Well, we went, um, it was in May. It was exactly a month later. We went in for our very first ultrasound, and we were so excited. And, um, like, I was so jittery, I can remember. And we went in, and the doctor, of course, came up on the screen, and we were like, oh, where is it? What is it? And she was just like, um, hang on just a second. I was like, okay. So we're just, like, trying to figure out what it is, because, you know, it's going to be really, really teeny tiny. And she came back in with the doctor this time and they both looked and they were kind of whispering back and forth and I was like okay what's going on and they're like we're really sorry but we don't, we don't see anything and I, at first I was very I was so upset and I went home 
course, I cried the whole way home. And I went home, and Jimmy and I stood there. And was like, okay, they wanted me to come back the next week and do a DNC. And I just felt it. Nope, that's not going to happen. They're wrong. They're so wrong. We're going we're gonna go home. We're going to stand on this word. We're going to believe that this isn't going to happen because God is a good God, and he opened this door for us, and he, he's not going to let this happen. They're wrong. And so that was May 30th. Um, we were told that we were moving back home. Jimmy got placed in Pulaski County. Um, so we bought a house in Dublin, and um, so we were trying to pack up the house the whole time. We just believed. Okay, God, today's a good day. We know that this baby is whole. We know this baby is healthy. We know that he's growing. We know it because you were a good father. So um, so that was May 30th, and then I came down here, um, and we were trying to get stuff ready for the house. Jimmy was still in King George trying to get stuff finished, and I was visiting family, and um, I came here one Wednesday night. It was a Wednesday night. It was June 13th, and I spent all day with Brittany and the boys, and it was such a good day. It was such a good day, I remember, and I was, for the first time, I was like, oh gosh, I feel morning sickness. Like, God, I'm so thankful for this morning sickness. That's a good sign. This baby is growing, and I remember getting sick in the bathroom, and I was just like, yes, I've never been so excited to puke in my life, but I was so excited, and um, then I went home. I was like, oh gosh, I'm just so tired, so I went to bed. And um, I woke up at about 3 o'clock in the morning. And I knew and I went to the ER. They confirmed what I already knew. I had lost the baby, and Jimmy wasn't here. I was by myself. Um, of course, he sped the whole way here to get back, and I was devastated. I was absolutely devastated, and we moved back, and I really don't remember much about that time, and I can remember we started coming back to the legacy, of course, and we were standing there doing worship. Thank you, baby. And um, <laughs> I can remember I was just like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I, I just don't. I don't want to go. And I was so bitter and I was so mad. I was so mad at God because I believed I believed that He was He was going to work everything out, and He didn't. And we would sit over there, and it'd be worship. And I just, I don't want to. And I would just have these conversations with God, and I'm like, I just, I can't worship you right now, God. I just can't do it. But I'll stand here, and I'll listen, and I'll, I'll be good. I won't say anything mean. I'll just talk to you about it. And, oh, my gosh, I can remember. I don't remember much about that time, but I remember every Sunday, every Sunday, we were singing songs about how good God was and I was like is he though is he really good is he would he let that happen when I believed and I prayed and I stood on his word is he really good 
and I would just, I would just stand there, and I can remember, I, we're talking, and I'm pretty sure it was good, good father, and I said, okay, God, I can't sing this to you right now, because I don't believe it, and I could feel him say, that's okay, that's okay that you don't believe it, it's okay that you're mad at me, just keep coming, it's like, okay, fine, so we did, and I kept coming, probably not as much as I should have, but I kept coming, I was faithful, and I had a huge support system that I could just talk to and be honest with and say, look, I am so mad at God, I know that he's probably, I know that he's probably good, right, he is, but this sucks so bad, this just, this sucks so bad, and I was so mad, I was so mad. Oh, I totally forgot my notes here. Um, sorry. So I was mad for about six months, and I was so tired of being mad. I'm like, okay, God, okay, if you are so good, let's work through this. I'm tired of being angry at you. I'm tired of being upset. I'm tired of feeling like I can't worship you. I'm tired of feeling like I can't read my Bible without getting mad at you. Let's do this. So I prayed really hard for about two days before I opened my Bible. And he took me to Habakkuk, which I'd never read before, <laughs> ever. And it's a really short book. It's only three chapters. It's probably a good thing because I probably would not have read anything much longer than that. And I was like, okay, God, fine. This is what I'll read. I'll read it. And in chapter one, the second verse says, God, how long do I have to cry out for help before you listen? Okay, God. Okay, I'll keep reading. And as I read Habakkuk, I don't know if you guys have read it, but it's Habakkuk, I feel like we could we could be related. He just, he was a minor prophet in the Old Testament, and instead of him speaking to the people about what God says, he would go to God about what the people would have to say. And he lived in a time where uh, injustice was just rampant, and the evil people were just very prosperous, and he was like, okay, God, what are you doing? When are you going to listen to me, and when are you going to take care of this? And I was like, okay, God, okay, because I was worried for a long time that um, I shouldn't be mad at God. Oh my gosh, you can't be mad at God. He's God. He knows what he's doing. He's big enough, and he loves us enough that he can take on our anger, and he can take on our questioning, and he wants us to embrace him with that. He doesn't want us to just be and just sulk in it and just sweep it over the rug because you're not going to heal that way. I know. I tried. Um, so when I was praying, I was just like, okay, God, are you really big enough to handle this situation? Because you've let me down. And I was reading in Psalm, and it said, in 147.5, it says, Great is our God and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. I was like, okay. Okay, God. So, when reading Habakkuk, in the first chapter, it's all Habakkuk talking to God and saying, Look, God, I'm so mad at you. You're going to have to take care of this. You're, you're just letting evil just run, and they're prosperous, and they're doing 
whatever they want to do, and they're getting away with it, and you're just standing there watching. What are you doing? And God responds. But he responds in a way that is not what I would expect or what Habakkuk expected. In verse 6 in the first chapter, it says, I'm raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. So Habakkuk is upset that all these evil people are being prosperous. And when he wants God to take care of it, he says, oh, I'm raising up this other set of enemies that they're going to come in, and it's just going to get worse. They're just going to sweep in, and they're going to run for a while. What? And I could see I could see my situation. It's like, God, let me get pregnant. God, let me get pregnant. God, let me get pregnant. And I did, and then I miscarried. Okay, me and Habakkuk, we know what's going on. So... Then Habakkuk was like, okay. In um, verse 12 and 13, it says, Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. And I read that like four times. I was like, what? So even though all this injustice is going on, and even though God said it's only going to get worse, instead of Habakkuk doing like I would have done and pitched a fit and been mad and crossed his arms during worship and refused to read his Bible when he should have, he says, God, you aren't you everlasting? He acknowledged of God's goodness even when he knew it was only going to get worse. Even when it looked like he didn't want it to. I was like, okay, God. Okay, I'm trying. And so I said a little prayer, and I was like, okay, God, you're good. And that's as much as I could get out in that moment, but I just acknowledged that he was good. So I kept reading on to chapter 2. In verse 2 and 3, it says, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that Harold may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks on the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and not delay. Okay, you've said it before, you've used several different people in different situations to say that I was going to be a mom and to say that I was going to carry my children full term and to say that I was going to have a son. Okay, though it linger, wait for it. I have not done enough waiting, God. Haven't I been through enough? Write it down. So I was like, okay, write it down. And I was looking back, and I'd written down when Sierra, it was in September of 2005 that she said that. It was in, I don't even know, 2017 when Patrick said he did. And I wrote it down. I have, I have a little... I wrote it down even before I read this, and I and then I was flipping through, and then I was reminded of other things that God had done, like he had just healed my dad from cancer who was in remission. He had saved my mom who was an alcoholic for 17 years. She was sober for three years, and I just wept. 
God says something, when he uses someone, when he speaks to you through a Bible verse, or when you have a dream, you write it down. Because though it linger, wait. It may take some time for something to come to pass, but his promises are true. He doesn't give up on his promises. When he says he's going to do something, he does it. may not be in our own time, but he does it. I was like, okay, God, okay. Okay, fine. Let's just keep believing. I'll keep believing for you to open this door for me. And I read in Isaiah 55, 11, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to and it will prosper everywhere that I send it. So I, I wrote that down and I, I kept reminding God, hey God, don't forget. You said I was going to have a son. Don't, don't forget. I'm, I'm leaving. I know. I know that you're going to do this. You said that your word always produces fruit, so I'm believing it. So I, I finally was back to a point to where I was trusting God again. I was believing that he was going to do what he said he was going to do, despite what I had been through, despite the enemy coming in and stealing from me, because that's what happened. And so sometimes it takes time to produce that fruit. Fruit doesn't just happen overnight. Fruit takes time to grow. It takes seasons. It, it takes time. So I kept on reading to chapter 3 in Habakkuk. And verse 1 says, A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, on, and I know I'm probably going to butcher this word, Shiganoth, sure, Shiganoth. So I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? So me being the teacher that I am, I was like, okay, let's look it up. And this only appears twice in the Bible, um, one in Psalms, I think, and it's the singular version, which I can't remember what it is, but this is the plural version, and it means to sing with a strong emotion, with impassioned exuberance, and it means wild, passionate singing with rapid changing of rhythm, and it means high-spirited praise and with vigorous enthusiasm. Okay, anybody who knows me... I have no musical talent whatsoever, none, but I, I, I love to worship, but I was like, okay, so apparently whatever Habakkuk has, is about to say, it's with strong emotion, and it's impassioned, and it's it's very high-spirited high praise, so it's going to be good, and it is, it is really good, it's full of Habakkuk praising God for who he is, not what he's done, but the character of God and his goodness, despite everything that's going on. And that's all it is. It doesn't tell you what happened to the people. It doesn't have tell you what how the Babylonians came in. It doesn't tell you anything. It ends with Habakkuk praising God for who he is. I was like, okay. Okay, God, I hear you. I hear you. And that's when, it was in this season of my life when I felt like I couldn't get any lower. I had no faith. I had none. That I got to realize who God is. It's in those valleys that we get to praise him for who he is and his goodness. And your whole perspective changes. Yourself changes. And you just, I just had a peace that I had never had before. And so it was the next April, 
So we're inching up on a year. And I was getting nervous. Of course, I'm still taking my tests every month. Still getting disappointed every month. Still fighting to have faith every month. Still struggling with sometimes being mad at God and letting him hear about it. <laughs> and the following April in 2019, which was just last year, um, I got another positive test. And I was so excited. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything to anyone but Jimmy. I was like, I'm keeping this one under wraps. I'm not doing anything. And I miscarried again. But... I wasn't angry. I was hurt and I was sad. But I had this peace that I didn't know before. And instead of running from God, I ran to Him. And I let Him hold me when I was hurt instead of being mad at Him because I was hurt. And to see my children in heaven. <laughs> and it was so beautiful. And it was so peaceful to know that they're never going to have to worry about the struggles of this life. They're never going to have to be hurt or cry out in pain. And the first thing they got to see was Jesus. And I felt so good. I got to this point where I was like, okay, God, you answered my prayer. I am a mama. Just because I won't see it, this side, I'll have all eternity with them. And I'll get to hold my babies, and I'll get to love on them. And that's enough for me. That was enough for me. I was okay. I was okay with knowing that that's all I needed, that my children were in heaven, and one day I'll be with them. And so that was May of last year, and in August we found out we were pregnant again, and now we have a beautiful, healthy little boy who I carried full term, and I had a very easy delivery. Not so easy pregnancy, but I had an easy delivery. And even though, even though I was okay with just having my kids in heaven, God's goodness is so good. His love is so big. He wanted more for me. And now I have a baby that I get to raise and love here. So... My story is, one, make sure that you, when you're going through something, surround yourself with people, godly people that's going to speak truth over you, and that's going to encourage you, and is going to love you even when you're mad at God. Two, worship your way through it. Even if you don't believe it, even if you don't want to believe it, even if you're mad at God, worship your way through it. Because your perspective is going to change, your heart is going to change, your circumstances are going to change when you worship your way through it. Three, God is so good. 
is so good. And when he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And it may take time to see that fruit, but it's going to happen. 